Hello and welcome. This podcast will be about the British Empire and the consequences around it. So, first of all, we, had, we are going to talk about how, how the Empire was dismantled. Um, yeah, to better understand its consequences, um, it can be important to understand why the British Empire fell. And uh, from what I understood, there are no uh, concrete historical events that um, that um, uh, that led to its fall. Uh, but you can point to uh, First and Second World War, which uh, weakened the uh, which uh, weakened Britain and uh, left it uh, less interested uh, in maintaining its empire. Mm. And other factors could be uh, growing unrest in various colonies and nationalist movements, for example, in Asian and uh, African colonies, such as uh, India, um, which when India fell, it, uh, many countries followed as a domino effect. Yeah, and I think that's important that countries had, uh, or they wanted independence. And we also saw UN sort of trying to, um, to give back the, uh, what is it called, the independence of these nations. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it can be important to note that uh, some countries, um, or for some countries this was a peaceful um, and diplomatic process, but in other countries there was uh, violence linked to, mm. to the dismantling of the British Empire. Yes. Um, and so out of this it sort of grew uh, a new, um, what to call it? Uh, a commonwealth um, mm. which was made to promote like peace um, and fight racism and oppose colonial peace domination so you can also point to some uh, good parts coming out of it as well yeah so and um, we know that uh, to be a part of the commonwealth mm. you had to be a democratic country which means that if that makes sure that the people in those in those countries had some had some sort of uh, human rights and protection of you know they have free speech and mm. all that stuff and that's a good thing. Mm, yeah, and that's important why people or why nations wanted to to. Uh, not continue being a part of the, uh, or uh, being a colony of Britain, since the the treatment they, or how they had been treated by the British government and the British colonialists, mm. and how they just extracted the resources and for their own good and didn't really care about the the state that they left the countries that they colonized. Mm. Yes, definitely. So we can maybe move on to talk about. Uh, what the legacy of the empire is uh, and also look at how the cooperation is today um, and I think lang language is a very important factor um, in this topic uh, because of the English coloni colonization um, the English language has like achieved um, 
a status uh, at the number one world language, uh, which means that over 400 million people uh, in over nine countries have English as their mother language, uh, while another 30 countries also use it as an official second language. Uh, so we see that it has grown to be um, like the world's dominant language. Yeah. But did you find um, any criticism uh, on that topic as well? Are yeah. There people who. Because it, today, since lang- English has become so necessary uh, to understand not only like trade and business, uh, but also cultures and like traveling, for instance. Um, English has become the most important language um, of corporations um, and like the collaborations between nationalities. Um, But this influence can also be pointed as maybe too strong or too um, dominant, maybe. Um, So we we can also like discuss if this ruins uh, the individuality of uh, a nation or the national identity. Mm. Um, yeah, because many India, for instance, maybe lose a sense of their identity when everyone speaks English or, um, yeah, we can discuss if India would have been a more um, somewhat like gathered <laughs> a country if there would have been like one, um, official language that wasn't English or because I think it's many languages mm-hmm. uh, used in India um, but if yeah, yeah. And, and another interesting topic is when we talk about the English language and its impact on the world we can also discuss uh, whether the, the modern world I mean we had the internet we have I mean, it's so easy to communicate Mm -hmm. all over the world. And that uh, isolated could be a reason for the English language growing. And there's interesting to follow it in the years to come. How will this evolve? And And that's interesting, seeing how we live in it. Increase, increasingly globalized world mm. uh, where it's very easy to communicate with someone on the other side of the world on the earth mm. and we see that the English language and English speaking countries are having a larger or um, they're dominant in the popular culture mm. and so forth and it has and it's all started with the British Empire sort of expanding throughout mm. the world and increasing their influence yes definitely so language is we could say maybe one of the most um, like strongest traits in uh, that the um, uh, British Empire has left. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can also point to things like education, um, how the British Empire have uh, led to like the enlightening and teaching uh, of uh, like for example uh, reading and writing to other uh, colonies. Um, yeah, and also like how this this has led to um, uh, what to say like different school systems uh, mm. in India. There's a school system based on Gandhi's methods, while in Australia and New Zealand they have kind of adapted the British way of um, governing a school. If you could mm. say that, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. So in 
addition to this also like politics and religions um, because after um, what they say the um, uh, they uncolonized or they <laughs> they left the yeah. uh, um, yes gained independence um, they they many of the colonies didn't really have a tradition of uh, democracy uh, on their own of course in a way they had with the um, um, empire but not like as an own country and no self-rule uh, so in many cases this resulted in like conflicts between power-seeking groups um, which in many ways also caused like chaos and in some situations led to war and uh, we can discuss this later as well because I know um, this is um, relevant to some of the other questions we're going to discuss as well yeah. uh, but in conclusion I think we can see by like all these factors that the British traditions and uh, like customs still maintain as a big part of many former colonies um, yeah and these countries still bear witness uh, of the fact that they have been part of the British Empire yeah uh, you have anything? Okay, no. and, and while the Empire was expanding of course the colonies sort of looked at them uh, critically and the Empire mm. was very proud of how big they were but it's, it's also important how we look at the British Empire in hindsight. And um, it's easy to say that it was a horrible part of human history, which of course it was, but it's more nuanced than that because they did bring their, um, or they did increase the communication through bringing you in or mm. um, giving in or was laying infrastructure, mm. making it easier to travel throughout the world. And also they brought technologies and modern ways of producing stuff. Mm. So I think that's uh, an important contribution that they made. But also, we do have to weigh the, the positives and the bad things that they did, and there's also a consensus that they did more harm than they did good. Mm. And as you spoke about earlier, we see this in the vacuums they left when they decolonized, because they were very dominant in the rule, that, or in, in, the, in the states, and when they just left, there weren't anyone to lead. So do you want to elaborate on that? or? No, not really. Um, I, I think, uh, as you said, it shows like a negative consequence of um, or a mark that the, uh, not the Commonwealth, but the Empire has left in the history and in many uh, of the countries that they have influenced. Um, but we can like also um not to point it back but um we forgot to talk about like the the corporations today um because um things like this have happened uh, but i feel like the commonwealth or like the aftermath of this also has found a way of uh, like gathering the countries again and making them like a union perhaps mm -hmm. uh, which they've done by making the commonwealth um which was also the Commonwealth of Nations, which was uh, formerly called the British Commonwealth, uh, which consists of like 54 independent states um, and is formed to encourage uh, international understanding and cooperations. Um, so by this they connect through like sports, culture and trade. Um, and, and I think this is also an, an important factor for um, not making up for their history in, in a way, but like, seeing um this um as a whole like uh 
like a positive thing like they um um yeah as i said to encourage to like understanding and corporations not um focusing on like the negative stuff that has happened but they also get to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, it's important. I think this uh, it can be illustrated by the fact that um, most of the states that gained independence, they chose to be part of the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. They heavily um, value, like, in, in it's voluntarily, and yeah. so I think that goes to show how important this can be for some countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. But I had a question, um, <laughs> because when talking about how uh, the empire could have improved like communication um, technology, um, maybe, or what are your opinions on that? Do you think that it also took away um, the opportunities for, for example, African countries to develop um, technology and modernize like in their own way? Because we know that some of uh, these um, um, societies were actually very uh, developed in a way. Mm. Mm. So I don't know if... In the world we saw the um, industrialization earlier in Britain. So I think it's a good thing that they brought it to the countries that they colonized. But I also think that they limited the ability for mm. um, developing mm. themselves, and I think that's sort of a very bad thing about the colonization. And, and what you're saying, Nina, is really interesting because we also had, I have heard some discussions about democracy, and you know, when people are are asking, is it correct that every country should be democratic mm. like the Western Europe? Mm. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because we have to accept that in this world there are 
different contexts. There are different ways of seeing the public system. So, as long as the people in the country have some rights and mm. and they live are living good life, I don't think that every country should be uh, the have a Western democracy. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Mm, yeah. Because there are so many other things than just the democracy that counts. Mm. But, yeah, but I, I also thought what you said was very interesting. Um, them taking, because of course they learned the colonies a lot, uh, and I think they like gained um, a lot of knowledge by being in a colony with uh, uh, Britain, many of them. Um, but I also come across uh, this information that um, that the English ruling class, they founded like schools and education systems, uh, but these were also systems that benefited uh, Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, so like by, I, I feel like they had the power to learn them what they needed to know without them ever like being um, in, what to say, like being a position where they could uh, develop in uh, if if that was not wanted yeah. by the and British. I think that's class. important concerning the relationship between mm. Britain and its colonies because it wasn't really a mutual or mutual respect wasn't mm. really in the really the case because mm. the purpose was really to extract the resources mm. and uh, the means of production from these colonies to Britain to increase their their influence in the world. Yes. Well, uh, I think we can move on because yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean what we're talking about now is really relevant for our yes. next question mm-hmm. and that is the benefit or harm is colonised possessions mm. and as you said Britain uh, gained a to to kind of to have all these colonies. But when we look after their empire, the, we, we know that after the Second World War, the United Kingdom was bombed in ruins. The whole country was in ruins. So mm-hmm. what, what the Britain did was that they opened the borders for mass immigration from from all these countries because they needed a workforce uh, to to rebuild the country, and we also know that many uh, a lot of those people who came mm. are still in the UK and have established their life there and. And that's also interesting because they get got the opportunity to kind of live in the Western country. Not that it's bad to live in Africa, but it is you have so much more opportunities in the established 
arresting countries. Mm. You, your economy doesn't count so much. Mm. You have education. You have all this healthcare, and and that's why I think it's the good thing here. Both the immigrants and the United Kingdom gained uh, on the one on this. Mm. Um, yes. But it, it's, there are also some negative aspects because especially of the the, um, uh, the colonial time because in, the, in Berlin on the colonial uh, um, uh, powers were uh, drawing mm. lines and borders in Africa without thinking about the ethnic groups that were split and uh, the divisions. Uh, we had this uh, um, horrific uh, um, uh, hope moment. Uh, uh, genocide. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the genocide in Rwanda, mm. which was caused by this huge difference in the Houthis and the Houthis and the Tutsis. So there are some aspects there that isn't quite well. Mm -hmm. Especially maybe in Northern Africa, I think that is one of the most like prevalent um, consequences mm. that we can still see today in a way. Mm. Um, with like uh, ethnic groups who were forced to yeah, share borders or... Um, mm. Yeah. And that speaks to Britain's uh, treatment of the people, mm. and they really had a disregard for the minorities, and they mm. prioritized their own, uh, or what was best for them. And uh, there wasn't kind of uh, a way of the division. Uh, the I mean, they, they didn't do much to fix it in mm. India. Pakistan was India, Pakistan was India. Mm. <laughs> One country, but they were split in 1949 because of Soviet divisions. Mm. And Mahatma Gandhi didn't want that to happen. He wanted people to move side by side. Mm. But I think that's difficult because. Um, when boy didn't do, did nothing to fix it, so, mm -hmm. yes. Yes, I agree. So, um, maybe we should, like, take a Somewhere. question, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I, I, like, overall, I think it's inter interesting to see, like, how the British Empire has developed from, like, an empire, uh, what is it saying? Um, the sun never sets on the British Empire. Mm -hmm. Like going from that to being like a country that 
do they still have colonists? Do, does Northern Ireland like count as an? Uh, no, 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 it's a part. It's a part, yeah. Okay. But but still, you can see like how they have gone from be like everywhere to being mm. nowhere. An ordinary Western European country. There was once. Um, once consists of more than 12 million people so yeah they've been uh, processed and it is also quite fun that one of some of the former colonies in America is now the most powerful country in the Mm. world so Mm. so we we can see the perspective here that you can Britain has really gone from the most powerful country in the world to be a small island. Mm, yes, really. <laughs> and maybe that summarizes uh, our podcast, or does anyone have anything no. to add? No. no? Okay. It's been interesting to uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. look into. <laughs> okay.